BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. All right. I know what you guys want me to talk about. I know because I've gotten more messages about this than anything else in my entire life. And that is the Mormon mom talk drama that's going on right now. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go look it up. I feel like the majority of you are going to know. And if you don't, it's like you just need to watch one TikTok about it. It's it's all out there and I don't really feel like explaining it. But I said on the or sorry, not on the podcast, in the Facebook group, I explicitly said, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not going to talk about it on any of my social media or on the podcast. And here we are. But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about why I don't want to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, the irony is not lost on me and that this is also talking about it. Um, But I wanted to give my reasons and kind of just my very brief overview of what I've observed during this kind of drama that is happening I, I want to say like in my community, but like I don't know these people. I'm not friends with them personally. Like, but, you know, kind of adjacent, like I'm in Utah, definitely have mutual friends. I think I've met a couple of them at things I've gone to anyway. So I think that's why so many people have asked me to talk about it because they're like, you're there. You know about this stuff. Give us the rundown and give us your hot takes. Um, but here's here's a couple of reasons why I'm not going to do that. And here's my thoughts about it. So one is exactly what I just said. It's a little close. It's a little close for me. I don't want to become the authority on this, like at all. That is not what I want to do. Uh, I, again, don't know these people personally. Uh, I don't want to talk about their life. I don't know more than anybody else. The second reason I don't want to talk about it is because I have been like tremendously disappointed with how people have chosen to talk about this situation. I really thought that we were past the vibe of a woman making a mistake publicly and then like society as a whole deciding that it's appropriate for us to rip her to shreds. And that is basically all I've seen. All of the content about this situation has either been pure shaming, pure shaming about like, you know, what these people chose to do, which by the way, is not like a novel idea. Like, swinging and group hookups are like old news. Like they've been around for like a long time, like all of it, all of the time. Orgies have been around since, since the beginning of time is basically what I'm saying. And people keep acting like this is 
the newest experiment that's ever happened. Like they're like, can you believe that this happened? Like, yes, I can believe it. Yes, I can believe it because I exist in the real world and it happens all the time. So anyway, there's that part. There's the shaming part of it or just an absolutely personal attack on their uh, like families and personalities and beliefs and finances and everything you can possibly imagine. People have decided that that is free game to just destroy. And I was so hoping that we did not handle things like this anymore. Uh, But I was wrong. I was wrong. And I'm sad about it. Can't lie to you. Very, very sad about it because I don't like when people say they want to champion women and they want to support women. And then when a woman does something that they disagree with, all of that goes out the window and they no longer feel a responsibility to speak kindly of somebody or lift somebody up or just give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Because interesting, we only follow them on social media. Maybe we don't know the whole story. Isn't that an interesting thought? So anyway, I just, I, and and another, okay. And another thing, this is also what I was going to say. Nobody's talking about the men in this situation. Not one person, not one person has any hot takes about any of the husbands involved. Even though this was a group activity that the group agreed to, it seems like two women, two or three women in the group are getting all of the heat for it, even though they're the ones who decided to be honest about it and come forward. I get that. Maybe there's other situations. There's other dynamics at play here in their friend group and things they're dealing with. I don't know the whole story. And that's exactly why I would never talk about it. I would never. Like people who are sitting here saying like, well, you know, they do this. And in their friend group, they do this and this and this. Like, really? Were you there? Were you there? It's interesting. It's almost like you're just guessing for the sake of being able to shit talk somebody that you don't know. Like I, okay. (laughs) I I said I was going to make this short, but I just, I'm going to get back on my, my, uh, soapbox about these Reddit threads that I read. I, I truly can't think of a bigger loser move than like spending your time on Reddit, like ripping people apart. But man, there are a good amount of losers who are willing to do that. I just find it really like I find it really embarrassing. I'm not even saying like if it was about me, I would feel the same way. Like I think that acting like that and dedicating your time and your content. What's even worse than people who do it anonymously on Reddit is people who do it publicly on social media. Like when they post their unfiltered thoughts about somebody's marriage, I am so cringed out. Like it is, it is the most embarrassing thing in the world to me. And yeah, I get it. We all love celebrity gossip. I love celebrity gossip in a way that is probably unhealthy and I should probably talk to somebody about it. I like to curl up on the couch on a Sunday and look at the Dumas spotted just like the next girl. But this does not feel like celebrity gossip to me. This feels like somebody's like normal life and like they're going through something and kids are involved and uh, it's not my place to discuss their personal life. I get it. They're deciding to put some of it out there. Uh, I don't really care. I'm not going to take that as, as an opportunity to discuss that. People have really forgotten the beauty of a, of a group message. Send it to your friends. Send it to, send it to you know, the, the girls. There's no need for you to make eight TikToks about how stupid you think somebody is. Like it's the biggest, biggest waste of time to me. And then the whole thing comes into play where people are discussing, you know, well, they say that they're Mormons, but they do this and blah, 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 blah. They can't they can't say they're Mormon unless they do this. First of all, yeah, they can. Mormons all across the board are participating in all sorts of different activities. So uh, nice try there. And then I also saw I saw this dumb this guy post like a screenshot of like, this is what we actually believe marriage is like 
oh, no way. You believe marriage is, you know, about trust and fidelity, like literally everybody else. Some people decide to swing. Some people decide to be polyamorous. Where did the beauty of open mindedness go? Well, I don't know if it's ever arrived, but I just I don't understand how people can see a different lifestyle or a different way of doing things and then think in their mind that is objectively wrong. That's objectively wrong because it's not what I would do. It's not how I do things. It's not what I believe. Therefore, they are completely wrong and they deserve to be punished publicly. What the hell is even that? Anyway, those are my thoughts. I really I planned like a minute and a half of the episode to talk about that. But uh, here we are like eight minutes in and I just had to get those thoughts off of my chest. Yeah, that's that's all I had. That's all I had to say about that. I wanted to kick off with that because you guys have been bugging me. And I also love you and I want to give you what you're asking for, but uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to do the the dirty deeds that you guys are wanting. Another announcement. I'm going to New York again this week. I'm going to be at the Mixers event this Wednesday. It's June 8th. Sorry, I'm editing this in right here because it is not on June 8th. It is on June 9th at the Color Factory in New York. Okay, bye. There is an event at the Color Factory. Check my Instagram or Mixer's Instagram for details uh, because I want to be there hanging out and you can come hang out and we're going to be with the Mixer's girls taking pics at the Color Factory. It's going to be really fun. I, uh, yeah, doing two New York events right in a row, but I just, I can't, can't resist. Can't resist. Mixer's was doing this and I knew I needed to hop on immediately. And I'm actually going to New York alone, which is very exciting. I've never gone by myself, but I'm going to have a couple. Well, I think I just have one day by myself. So I'll take you guys along on my my dream solo day in New York City. And I feel like there was maybe something else to tell you guys. What was it? Let me pull my outline here. I really went off the rails rampaging about that. I, I think that was everything. I think it's time to get into our topic for the day. And today's topic is one of my favorite things to complain about. You know, I started the bad broadcast on the premise of complaining. And sometimes we get away from our core mission. And I would like us to refocus on that. And traveling is something that comes with so many different things to complain about. And yeah, I get it. It's a privilege. We're very lucky. I'm very, very, very lucky that I have the opportunity to fly places. And what a miraculous invention modern day travel is. I get it. I'm, I'm, we're, we're so blessed and all of that. Uh, I don't care about that today. I'm going to complain about every facet of travel because there's something about the process that is the worst. That's the worst. That's the worst. And so I asked you guys what the worst travel experiences were that you guys had. And that could mean anything. If it happened on a trip, this is what the prompt said. If it happened on a trip while planning a trip or because of a trip, that counts. We can count it. I wanted all of it. And boy, did you guys deliver. I actually only made it through half of the submissions. It was, it was, there were, there were so many, I couldn't get through it. I know I need to hire an assistant to read these. (laughs) I haven't, I'm too scared to hire somebody. Um, but I, I only read half of them. So we are going to tuck away the other half. We'll do a part two later on because you guys had some serious thoughts and feelings about this. The best part for me about reading these stories, I shouldn't have said the best, the best worst part of this are the people, there was like five submissions that I read that were just people wanting to complain about uh, mask mandates, which I'm not one to, I'm not one to harp on old jokes. Like 
if a topic has been covered, I, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Like, you know, on TikTok right now, everybody's in love with Miles Teller. Let's just move on from that. Okay. We already did the joke. So now when people are complaining about masks, I'm like, wow, that joke ended like so long ago. Like that bit that you're doing about like being anti-mask, like that's like that's so far over. But I got a, a submission that was like, I flew one time and they made me wear a mask and I did not like it because I'm not vaccinated and I think blah, blah. And I wanted to be like, this is not the place. This is not the place. So I sometimes think people are trying to like bait me and be like, oh, maybe Maddie will talk about this and she'll like get political with it. Uh, I'm not going to also because I'm not anti-mask or anti-vax. <laughs> so there were some weird submissions about that. Uh, but for the most part, again, a lot of you, you know, shit your pants, you throw up a lot. That's, you know, every submit, every uh, prompt that I do, there's always a lot of like poop your pants stories, you know, worst dates, worst in-laws. There's always ones that have to do with pooping your pants. And I'm sure we'll come across. I'm sure I picked some of them today because um, I have the humor of a 10 year old boy and I still think they're super funny. Uh, but you guys really delivered, delivered with these. I, I told my, you know, terrible uh, travel story last week. I didn't do a lot of details. But I did not say this one detail that I feel like is probably one of the most annoying thing, things that's ever happened to me while traveling. And that is on our flight home from New York a couple weeks ago, they got on the intercom. You guys are going to think I'm so rude for this, but I, lit, I don't even care because it made me that mad. They got on the intercom and they said, we have a passenger with a tree nut allergy. So please don't eat any of your snacks that you brought on board. Um, because we can't be sure that they don't have tree nuts in them. What? No, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work for me. You can't get on and then say, hey, nobody's allowed to eat anything. I, I don't understand that. Like if your allergy is that severe that you can't be on a plane with a possible peanut, peanuts are like the most common airplane food. Like it's it's actually become like an icon of plane travel is that you get peanuts. And so maybe that's just not the best scenario for you. Maybe you're more of a road trip guy. You know, maybe getting on a public public transit and then asking everybody to not eat is like not the way to go. I don't know. It just it it you guys know like the minute I that that happened, I was I was I you know, a lot of people have that there's a space. I think Brené Brown said this that there's like for normal people, there's a space between like the thing that happened and then there's a space and then their reaction comes after that. I ha I don't have that space. I don't have that space. A thing happens and I've reacted to it. I actually probably pre-reacted to it because of my severe anxiety. I already did that. So when somebody gets on the intercom and says, hey, nobody eat, I'm level 10. I mean, I'd never act on it. I would never like get mad at a flight attendant or another passenger. Like I would keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to go make a TikTok about it like everybody else does. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hated it. I hated it is basically what I'm saying. Uh, so that's the most recent one. I have some other stories that I'll, you know, pepper in while I read your guys's, but without any further ado, let's get into the worst travel stories you guys have ever experienced or the worst travel experiences. Here we go. She says, we were on a layover in Barcelona and I had to get back home the next day or I would be fired from my job. Customs took forever, literally hours, and we had technically missed our flight by an hour. I was absolutely sobbing my entire body's water weight. Once we got out of customs, we looked at the screens at the airport. The screens that said our flight was still boarding, so we decided to sprint to our gate. The problem was I had to pee before we got into customs, hours before. So we get to our gate and we realized that we made our flight and they held it for us and a few others. Relief flooded through me. 
literally and metaphorically. I peed myself. I also had to, had also checked my bag and had no time to buy some sweats from the gift shop. So I sat in pee pants for an eight plus hour flight. I was also so sweaty from running and stress that my BO was on and popping. Now I always make sure to give myself an extra day after vacation until I have to be at work. Imagine, imagine sitting in pee jeans from Barcelona to the United States. That my, my eczema flares at the thought of that. Like the, there, there's a special kind of sweat uh, that happens in your collective cracks when you, when you fly. Um, it's special. You know, it's like kind of its own special brand because you're against your seats. You're sweaty. I, if you're like me, uh, rarely wear underwear, but I do wear it when I travel. <laughs> So we've got that in the mix. You're not you're not able to stand up. It's just it's a really special experience to sweat through your pants when you're flying. Uh, to sweat through your pants is a completely different ballgame than to pee your pants before you get on the flight. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Just the thought of like wet jeans. I mean, hopefully you weren't in jeans, but man, that's that's really rough. All right. How about this? We were on a flight across the Atlantic when one of our engines exploded went up in flames and we had to make an emergency landing on a military base. It was a Saturday. So we were stuck there until it opened back up on Sunday. I'm sure that I've talked about this like ad nauseum about how freaked out I am of flying. I have a, I have a problem. Like I have like a real phobia of flying and I keep thinking that I'm going to be able to grow out of it. I, I haven't like at all. I don't have a semblance of, of growing out of it. Like I am still just as terrified today as I was when I was 10. I, I have panic attacks. I hate turbulence. And one time I was on a, I was flying home from Reno, you know, good old Reno. I think it was a volleyball tournament. And I was sitting by the wing, like over the wing. And I looked over and one of the flaps had come up and I literally saw like a little tiny spark, like not even a, not, not a flame, like just the metal had sparked a little bit and gone away nothing bad happened. I was inconsolable for the entire flight. Like I, I don't like if anybody has like a hypnotist that they know anyway, if anybody knows like a way I can get over this fear of flying, that would be amazing. Because if, if this happened to me, if I uh, was on a plane and an engine went up in flames, I, I would make it everybody's problem. Like that entire flight, the the entire plane, every person on there would be way more inconvenienced by me and my reaction than what's going on with the plane, you know? This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Apostrophe. You guys know that I will take any opportunity I can to talk about skincare. <laughs> I am technically an esthetician, and though I don't work as one, I still like to talk about skincare and all of the products that I love. And something I love about Apostrophe is that it is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. This is the stuff that you can't get just at the drugstore or the makeup counter. These are things that are expertly chosen by a dermatology team. They will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you need to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and a board certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. And Apostrophe treats all types of acne, whether it's hormonal, scarring, chest knee, back knee, butt knee, 
anything. They treat breakouts from head to toe. We have a special deal for this audience, though. You can save $15 off of your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash bad. And you also need to use the code bad. This code is only available to bad broadcast listeners, by the way. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash bad. Click begin visit, then use the code bad at sign up and you'll get your very first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash bad. The code is also bad to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. Thank you to Apostrophe for sponsoring this episode. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Every single time I have been burned out, it takes me like three months to realize. I look back and I'm like, hmm, that was burnout. Symptoms of burnout can include lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, and more. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out. BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life and help avoid more burnout. I would not be well in any way, shape, or form if it weren't for weekly therapy. I think that everybody should give it a shot. It's just nice to have a place that you can talk openly to somebody who's not in your life. I know we usually vent to friends or spouses or parents, things like that, but it's always nice to have a unbiased view of what's going on. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. My listeners get 10% off of their first month when they go to betterhelp.com bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash bad bad. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Okay. Next story. She says, husband and I, you know what I said? She says, and I don't know why, because I should have not assumed that this is a woman. Husband and I spent two lovely weeks in Thailand. And when we got to the airport to head home, the Chinese airline we booked flights through had no information on us, even though we had multiple confirmation emails from them. So they said, sorry. And we were kicked off the flight. We lost all our money on the flight and the connecting flights. They rebooked us 24 hours later on a different flight, successfully made it on that plane We land in Taiwan. Our plane broke down three times trying to take off to Seattle. So we spent another night in Taiwan, lost money on another set of connecting flights. Finally, we take off in Taiwan. We land in Seattle for another, you guessed it, delayed flight for eight hours. So we traveled for 76 hours, lost thousands, and my eye twitches at the thought of going there ever again. That's not even the worst part. Somehow this is the worst part. While we were traveling, we were pushing around 150 pounds of luggage for my husband's business. We had nine suitcases we had to keep track of. 
Can you believe like I was reading this story and I was like, yeah, that wow, that sucks. Wow, that's really bad. Oh, my gosh. Another. And then I got to the end and they said they had nine suitcases to keep track of. Are you absolutely joking me? That is that's that is the worst. Also, I always think about this when people talk about like I needed to rebook my flight and they uh, they canceled the flight. So they didn't refund it, me or whatever. I always want to say to the people working for the airline. And I know there's going to be people out there who listen to this and they work for airlines and they're like, Maddie, you don't even understand. We can't do that. But I always just think like, why can't you help me out a little bit? Like, why can't you just book me on a flight and comp it? Like, can't you just help me out? Just just a small amount. The airline is making billions in revenue. Like, wouldn't you rather be a company that's so helpful? Like, wouldn't you rather be the Nordstrom of airlines that like whenever you show up, you know, they're going to take your return. Like, don't you just want to show up at a, at an airline like check-in desk and just know that they have a mutual interest in helping you out? Because I feel like every time I walk up to them, they have one goal in mind and it's to ruin my life. That that's what they want to do. <laughs> they want to, they want to delay my travel. They want to scold me for my heavy bag. They hate me. They're mad at me. I probably did something to deserve it. So I'm sorry in advance. But just like help me out a little bit. Like just come on. Just put me on a different flight. Just let me upgrade to first class for free. How hard is that? <laughs> okay. Uh next one. She says, My friend and I visited NYC for spring break our freshman year. We took a red eye on the way there. I can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. So I wasn't worried. But my friend brought me an Ambien to help me sleep. <laughs> to, to be honest, I didn't know what an Ambien was. So I thought it was just like heavy duty melatonin. I told her that I would be OK. And she said that I should take it just in case. I agreed and took it. I did sleep the whole flight, which was nice. But as we were landing, boom, had to vomit. I looked for the little throw up bag, but my seat didn't have one. Mind you, I'm still in my deep Ambien trance, but trying to function. So I threw up into my pillow. I thought I'd be okay after that and feel fine while getting out my luggage. My friend's dad works in New York for a pretty balling company, so he has a company car that came to pick us up, like a nice company car. Within five minutes of being in the car, boom, had to hurl again. So we pull over and I got pearl pull over and I got my first view of the NYC city skyline all while puking my guts out. I figured all the food was gone for sure, so now we continue onward. Cut to 15 minutes later, we're in a tunnel. Once again, that sneaky throat feeling comes on and I have to pull over, but we're in a tunnel. No pulling over. Also, she has a pillow full of barf. Hopefully you threw that away. No pulling over. So I ask if there's a bag I can throw up into. Not quick enough. Throw up in my hands and the backseat of the nicest car I've ever been in. I had to dump my throw up in a bag. Oh, oh, sick. I sorry. Throw up is just being mentioned a lot. I should have added a trigger warning. Uh, I had to throw my throw up into a bag and spend the rest of the ride in my thrown up on outfit. What an entrance to the greatest city on earth. Ambien. Ambien, 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 man. It is not to be messed with. Like nobody, if you have not used it before or like you don't have it prescribed, like it, it is the most powerful thing I've ever taken. Because the thing about Ambien is that it doesn't make you tired. It makes you asleep. Like it, it's an anesthetic. It's not a it's not a melatonin where like you're going to get you're going to get drowsy and then fall asleep. It's going to anesthetize you. So you're going to feel like you're on anesthesia and you're going to not make sense and you're not going to remember it. And the flight from the West Coast to New York, not long enough for an Ambien. Ambien, like even when we've flown from New York to like we've had a layover in New York to Europe, those flights are like maybe five, six hours or, or I think to I think it was when we flew to Ireland. I think it's like six hours. 
uh, that's like not long enough for an ambient. Like you got to have an overnight flight because it's going to kick your ass. And I just think that people mess with it on like short flights. And I've known people who have accidentally taken it. Like they thought they were taking, you know, Tylenol and they took two Ambien or something. Uh, yeah, it just, it will, it will wreck you. So I'm not even surprised that somebody got so sick after it because if you don't have experience with it, yeah, it'll, it'll wreck you. So that's my, that's my PSA about Ambien. We always take it. Yeah. Only on super long flights or like we'll take two pills, two like Ambien with us to Europe to help us get back on a normal sleep schedule. Like if you land during the day and then you can't sleep during the night, you take an Ambien and it kind of resets you. But again, don't mess with it. All right. Next, she says, so when I was 17 for my senior trip, I went on a solo trip to visit my friend who lived in England, had a great trip. But the day I was leaving, I got my period and had pink eye. Oh, double, double whammy. Double, double. I was trying to think of a joke that had the word pink in it, like pink, pink problems, but it didn't work. On top of that, my phone stopped working that day. I think I had some international plan problem. I got to my flight and we were sitting at the gate and some poor old lady was putting her luggage above and somehow dislocated her hip. It took two hours for them to assess her and get an ambulance to come get her. I had a layover, which was supposed to be two hours. And of course, I ended up missing my connection. I got off the plane in tears because I was only 17 and I had no idea what to do. And I didn't have a working phone to call my parents. I basically sobbed to a travel agent and they worked it out to get me a hotel that night and a flight out the next morning. And they let me use their phone to call my mom. Finally got home safe, luckily. But boy, it was a mess. Like, I know this is this is sad. This is very sad for the lady who got hurt lifting up her bag. And I'm not mad at that woman in particular, but I am mad at society as a whole and how we've decided to function while we're getting off a plane and grabbing our bag. First of all, everybody treats it like it's their own personal variety hour. Like the minute they get out of their seat and they get up to get their bag, it's their time to shine. And they're going to take their time. They're going to crack a few jokes. They're going to stretch. They're going to just make sure that everybody knows that they are getting their bag. And it fills me with a rage I can't explain. That's kind of how I feel about most things that, with travel. Like I, 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 I know that I shouldn't be feeling this intensely about it, uh, but I do. I do still feel that way. And I, I can't even look at people while they get their bags down because I feel like it should be the quickest, obviously, unless you're 100 years old and you're going to dislocate your hip while you do it. Getting your bag out of the overhead bin should be the quickest thing you do in your whole life. You should be prepped and ready. You should have whatever can go on your back or as a crossbody. That should already be on. All your stuff should be packed up. You should have that packed up while you're sitting in your seat still, because the minute it's your row, you should be standing up no more than three seconds to get your bag. Take it. Boom. Roll out. No need to make a comment, no need to, you know, stretch, clip your bags on. No, if there's something that can be done after you get off the plane, do that. If you need to connect your your carry-on to your backpack with a clip, do it after. Do it after. Oh, okay, let's continue. Can you guys see why I had a hard time like picking, like I picked so many of these stories because I just, I have a problem. I have a, I have a real problem. Okay. Next one. She says, I'm a flight attendant and a passenger peeked around the bathroom door and asked me to come here. She had her pants. <laughs> I remember this one. She had her pants around her ankle and was dancing around. And she said, should I do this when I see my grandchildren? I just shoved the door. <laughs> I just shoved the door closed. This was in June of 2020. So there were lots of bus people traveling and we were traveling to Medford, Oregon, if that tells you anything. 
I think this is very telling because she's a flight attendant. And apparently this is the most shocking story that has ever happened to her. I was hoping to get more. And maybe in the stories that I didn't have a chance to read, maybe there's more flight attendant um, submissions. But I feel like if you're a flight attendant, you probably see the worst of the worst because there's something that happens to people when they enter an airport. Like the minute they, they park and enter an airport, all sense of reality leaves. And I get it. The, the airport can be disorienting. It can be, it can be weird to go on a trip. You know, you're out of your comfort zone. But people forget what it's like to be a human being. People forget what it's like to, you know, not stop in the middle of a walkway, not have a have a flight attendant come check out your pantsless dance in the bathroom. You know, all of these things that people forget as a whole when they enter an airport. And I almost feel like there should be a training program when you fly. Like when when you come of age, whatever that age may be, uh, when you're ready to fly regularly or fly on your own, like this doesn't apply to kids. I'm not saying like your seven-year-old needs to be more polite there. Like I get it, they're kids. But when you're an adult and you can travel on your own, we need to do an etiquette course. First of all, how to treat flight attendants. Second of all, how to treat people that you travel with. You know, I'll even even put together the curriculum. (laughs) Can you imagine? The rule is just don't fly. Don't go into an airport. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't interact with me. Uh, those are all of my rules. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Um, she says, recently on our flight from DC to Vegas, an adult passenger pooped their pants. I bet the other per- I bet the person who pooped their pants submitted this story from the other side. I just haven't gotten <laughs> to it yet. When they walked past us to the bathroom, everyone started looking around and started gagging due to the smell. We thought the person just ripped a nasty fart, but then there was a lot of commotion up by their seat. The mask mandate had been removed at this point and no flight attendants were wearing masks prior to this. But the flight attendants reemerged, double masked and gloved and started cleaning up the poop. What? So she pooped on her seat? That must have been what happened. They ended up having to remove the seat completely and the flight attendants attempted to clean it for upwards of an hour. It was so bad they gave flight vouchers to the people directly around the area. I felt bad for the person, but I also felt bad for the flight attendants having to clean that up. Where was the person in the seat? Just in the bathroom? Oh my, that is not a flight attendant's job. Like at all. I feel like if they're going to remove the seat, they should put it in the back cover in plastic and give it to the health department after. Like that is, we expect way too much from service people. Like I think that every time at a restaurant too, when like somebody has an accident in the bathroom or throws up, I'm like, that is, that should not be their job. Like servers and flight attendants. Oh my gosh. Okay. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by PhD Feminine Health. Let's face it, all right, it's not uncommon for feminine odor to be more noticeable in the summer due to, you know, sweat, increased moisture, things like that. But just because it's common doesn't mean it's not taboo. In fact, many women are afraid to talk about vaginal odor for fear of being judged or embarrassed. But don't worry, because first of all, it's not embarrassing. Any smell, First of all, sometimes vaginas, they just have a smell. You know, that's not the bad part. It's when it's like excess smells, you know, when you want to take care of it. But don't worry, because we have you covered with one of the best products to tackle feminine odor. 
PhD offers trustworthy feminine care products that actually work. When you have feminine issues, you want a solution immediately. Boric acid is a natural compound found in seawater that has been recommended by doctors for decades as a safe, holistic alternative. PhD is the number one doctor-recommended brand of boric acid vaginal suppositories. PhD believes that vaginal care is crucial to your overall well-being. So register now at phdfeminineheath.com slash win to enter to win a free summer gift basket, which contains lifestyle products, a retail value of over $100, plus a $500 Visa gift card. So go to phdfeminineheath.com slash win to enter that. Or you can also get 20% off of all products right now when you use the code BAD at phdfeminineheath.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by StoryWorth. All right, guys, Father's Day is right around the corner. And boy, do I have the best possible gift for you to give your dad or the father figure in your life. So, you know, when you're talking to your dad and they start telling you a story about their childhood or something and you're like, I've literally never heard this and I was pretty sure I knew everything about you. That's what StoryWorth is here to do. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your dad or father figure connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. Every week, StoryWorth emails your dad a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what are your fondest childhood memories, or have you ever feared anything in your life? After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. I really hope my dad does not hear this ad because it's absolutely what he's getting for Father's Day. So give all the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come. StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash bad. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash bad to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash bad uh all right next (laughs) uh she says i'm not sure this counts it was terrible at the time but in hindsight it's one of my favorite stories i was 12 and my parents had taken me to italy we took a tour of pompeii that included another family that we didn't know the other family was weird since pompeii was basically one big brothel there were a lot of nude and explicit artwork there is a lot of nude and explicit artwork. Sorry, I said the wrong word. The other family decided that this was the perfect time to have the sex talk with their eight-year-old. After the sex talk was done, the dad would point out all the penises in the artwork to his daughter. Example, wow, that's a very large penis. That guy and his partner would be very lucky. I mean, I bet that's like the least traumatizing way to give your kids the birds birds and the bees talk. You know, it's like, no, we did it when we were in Pompeii. I'm going to do that, except I'm going to take my kid to uh, where, where, what, what Italian city is the David in? I think it's in Florence, the the giant statue of David and like it, like he's completely naked. I'm going to take my kids there. That's where they're going to get the sex talk. <laughs> I'm going to get out a little, a little pointer, a little laser a laser that teachers use. And I'm going to go over all of the anatomy and I'm going to teach my kids that. So then when they're like 25 and they have a podcast and they're laughing about the sex talk that they got, they'll just be able to be like, you know what my mom did? She took me to Florence and showed me David's penis. 
Anyway, let's go on to the next one. She says, a bunch of friends and I went on a trip to my family's vacation home. One of the guys I had kissed already and we were totally vibing. He talked about inviting more people to make it a bigger group. And I was like, sure, sounds great. As we were leaving to go on the trip, there was a girl I had never met. So I asked, yeah, you guys already know where this is going. So I asked her who she was or who she knew in the group. And she said that she had matched with the guy I was talking to on Tinder and that that day he invited her on the trip. He was confused why I didn't want to ride in the car with him and the girl, but I let him know that I didn't want to crash his weekend long date. I ended up sharing a room with the girl and had to listen to her tell me how much she liked him while we were laying in bed. Also, just a reminder that we were going to my house. The disrespect and the audacity will never cease to amaze me. He also told me that he was never attracted to her and still wanted to see if things could work out between us. But I'm so grateful that didn't work out. You got to have some serious stones, man, to invite a different girl to the girl you're hooking up with vacation home. Uh, you either have to be extremely brave or extremely stupid or extremely unlikable. And something tells me it's that one. So, something tells me. All right, next. She says, my mom and sisters were going to New York and everything. I feel like a lot of these are actually New York trips, like a, a lot of them. Anyway, uh, just a weird detail. New York and everything that could go wrong did. We were late to the airport, so we couldn't check any of our bags. We ran through the airport to get to our gate, barely made it on the flight. Then we realized we were missing a sister. The plane door already closed, so my other sister got up, opened the door, which is against federal law, and ran screaming through the airport to find my sister. Where was she? Like, when I read that, the thing that goes through my head is like, was this a, a child? Because if this was an adult sister, red flag. Eventually, we all got on the flight and made it to New York, but we had to buy everything because of no luggage. The subway was on strike, so we had to walk everywhere. We went to see the Rockettes, and the theater caught on fire, so we were evacuated into the freezing cold. My sister drank, wait, my sister drank my other sister's contacts, thinking it was a cup of water. And my mom mixed up our Lion King ticket dates, and we missed the show. <laughs> I feel like that was just a funny series of unfortunate events. Uh, drinking the contacts really got me. That would ruin everyone's lives. I just I have a quick question for like the 40 percent of people who submitted stories that had to do with them being late to their flight. Um, what's going on, guys? What's going on? How are you missing flights? How are you not getting there in time? How are you guys not getting there with like an hour buffer and then an extra hour just for comfort? I not to toot my own horn and watch this like change in the next four days. I've never missed a flight because I was late like ever. And I, I am, I, what are you guys doing? Leave earlier, leave like way earlier than you think, because I feel like I would rather be sitting at the airport for like an extra hour and know that I was on time than like have an extra hour at home sitting there waiting to go to the airport. You know what I mean? Not to, not to, you know, roast you for this story, but I'm just always so upset when people say, yeah, we don't know what happened. We were, we were late and we missed our flight. And it's like, yeah, that's what happens when you don't leave with a ton of time to spare. Okay. Let's keep going. We have so many stories. Okay. Next. She says, while I was on a trip, I was forced to stay in my mother-in-law's house. I woke up one morning to my mother-in-law who had crawled in bed with me and my husband. Like it went me, my husband and her in bed. She was showing him videos of her sister's cats. We were both in our underwear. I got hives immediately and no medication I took made the hives go away. And to this day, I don't know if I got hives because of my mother-in-law or because of the thought of my mother-in-law in bed with me. Horrible. My husband still doesn't 
have my forgiveness for this one. I thought you were going to say my husband still doesn't forgive me for being mad about that. And I was about to absolutely rampage. I wish I was surprised at moms who like get in bed with their sons. I I really wish that surprised me, but I've read enough bad in-law stories that a lot of them are doing a lot more than that. Okay. All right. This next one I included because there are some additional fun facts. Well, they're not very fun, but facts that I found um, about this topic. So she says, uh, boarding a cruise on the Nile River, the captain refused to speak to me because I was female. He would look at my much younger son, who was seven, speak to him, and I would answer. But he absolutely refused to communicate with me. Other males on the ship would speak to me. I will never go to Egypt again because I felt that my safety was at stake. So I had heard this like somewhere. I don't I don't know where I'd heard this this about Egypt, that it's like not a great place for women. So I looked up, okay, I'm going to just give a trigger warning here because I learned about like the modern status of Egypt and like what's going on with women there. This is horrific, horrific. Okay. And it made me never want to go to Egypt. And I just, I wanted to put this out there. I don't want to scare anybody, but this is from the Wikipedia page. Okay. Uh, In 2010, only 45% of Egyptian men supported gender equality. 45%, like less than half. Uh, female genital mutilation was criminalized in 2008. 2008. Like that is so recent. The UNICEF reported that, so in 2012, UNICEF reported that 87% of Egyptian women and girls 15 to 49 years old had undergone female genital mutilation. How sick and horrible is that? Virginity tests were done by the military and those were banned in 2011. A little over 10 years ago, virginity tests. That is like so puritanical. That, is, that literally sounds like something that would happen in the early 1600s. How about this? In a 2013 poll of gender experts, Egypt ranked worst for women's right out of all the Arab states. That's, that's, that's wild. That's wild. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that things were so violent against women in Egypt. So please don't, please don't go um, alone without a group of people. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm being presumptuous and maybe that's not the case, but just please be safe if you go. Uh, because a cruise down the Nile sounds dope. I'm not going to lie. That sounds incredible. Okay, next, switching gears again, uh, but let's get back into these. She says, when I went to Mexico with my in-laws, they agreed to listen to one of those timeshare presentations. They were promised to get X amount of money for going. The hotel sent us off to a different resort for the presentation. But when we got there, the resort wasn't cool with how much my mother-in-law wanted for her time. So then we get back to our car and head out to another resort. We show up to this tiny building with armed men outside and we were served a sketchy breakfast, eggs with hot dogs. (laughs) Weird. We spent over an hour in an intense presentation. And at the end, they wouldn't give my mother-in-law her money because she wouldn't buy into the timeshare. They were counting out the money they would have given to her right in front of us at the table. When all of a sudden my mother-in-law stands up and says, that's mine, grabs the money. We book it out and speed away. We're two minutes down the highway and my father-in-law realizes he left his backpack with his wallet and expensive camera in it. So he turns around, runs inside the building, grabs his bag and runs out. Luckily, they hadn't noticed the bag under the chair. But to this day, my mother-in-law still wheels and deals on the timeshare presentations. I have never known a person who actively searches out these timeshare meetings. I have never known that anyone would ever do that. That sounds horrible. That sounds like something that we like have all collectively agreed to never encounter. You know what I mean? 
Okay. How about this one, guys? How about this one? She says, I was literally on the cruise ship that caught on fire in the Turks and Caicos last week. Did you guys see that? Did you guys see the cruise ship that literally caught on fire? Anyway, she says, it was insane. We were on day four of our five-day trip, and we hear all this commotion outside of our stateroom. So we walk out into the hallway. People are running around with life jackets on, banging on their family's doors, telling them to get out because there's a fire. Can you think of anything scarier? Then the captain comes on the intercom and tells us there's a fire in the funnel at the top and that they're working to extinguish the fire and then just tells us to all go back into our rooms and wait. So we're just sitting there and waiting. We look out our window to the other cruise ship docked next to us and they're all out on their balconies screaming and waving at us. One person made a sign that just said fire in all caps and was waving it like crazy. After like an hour or so we're waiting in our rooms, they're like, okay, you guys are good to get off the ship now. Why would you not evacuate people immediately? It feels like that's like the the first thing you should do is just get people like to safety, you know? Anyway, they said that they're okay to leave. Where am I? I lost my spout. Uh, We all got off the ship to see that half of the funnel at the top had completely burned down and what was left of it was just hanging there burnt and black. I'll send you pictures. She did send me pictures and they were crazy. Uh, They didn't give us any info the rest of the day. So we were all out on the beach and going on our excursions like nothing happened. Then that evening we got back to the ship and they sent us an email letting us know we weren't going to be able to leave the island for two more days. Uh, It's all good though because if you need to buy a new flight, we'll reimburse you up to $200 and each party gets $100 of onboard credit. We were floored. We got lucky with Delta that they let us switch our flight without too much hassle. And my parents were watching our two-year-old at home, but it was insane. The sheer power of a group of 2,500 pissed off people on vacation is unmatched. It was awesome and terrible to be a part of that group. The worst part was when we finally got switched to the new cruise ship. It was way worse than the burnt ship. You're like, you know what? We'll just take the one that's probably going to crash. I got to say, I don't think that I will ever. In- I-, I don't think I'll ever go on a cruise. It's never it's never felt fun to me. Like, I know people love the I, I would rather just do like an all inclusive. I would literally rather just spend the money on like a new couch and just stay home all weekend. It sounds terrifying. It sounds so scary to go on a cruise. OK, let's go. She says, Maddie, I have the cringiest, worst trip story. The first time I took my now husband, boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, home to stay the weekend, my ex-boyfriend, who I dated for two and a half years, found out and decided it would be fun to also come stay at my parents' house. He was rooming with my brother at the time and convinced him to make the trip to my parents that weekend. A little side fact is that his parents lived 20 minutes away from mine, so there was no reason for him to stay the night and that he had never stayed the night the whole 2.5 years we dated. That was the most awkward trip of my life. The breakup was fresh and I had just started dating my husband. I felt awkward. My parents felt awkward. My boyfriend felt awkward. It was weird. I love my brother, but I'm still mad at how he would follow through with a plan like that. Okay, I read this and I just could not stop thinking about how many people had to betray you to let this happen. Like how many, like why were your parents like, uh, no, don't come stay with us. She's bringing her new boyfriend. Like don't come over. Why would anyone let that happen ever. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Just to think about, think about the first trip with your boyfriend. Like, oh, it was, it's so romantic. You're like me and Matt's was like a trip up to park city at like my, like a cabin with my family. It was like so great. I'm picturing my ex-boyfriend showing up and I'm not well. All right. Next. (laughs) She says one time my family booked an Airbnb for a little staycation in a town, just an hour or two North of where we live. Also, when I read that, like an hour or two, feels like a big jump. Somewhere an hour away feels different than somewhere two hours away. Anyway, just 
thought in my brain. Uh, the host had listed it, listed it as an entire house, but later told us she would be there working as some sort of counselor at the house while we were there. This actually meant that she was going to be living in the house while we were there. While that wasn't how it was advertised, it was fine until we realized this meant the host would come downstairs where we were all staying unannounced several times a day. The owner was likely in her 50s and the whole place had several photos of her children and grandchildren that included their names and just the room and the room (laughs) and the room my brother stayed in had 17 pictures of Jesus. So far, not too weird. All these things you could sort of see on the listing. However, when we got there, we were told the bathroom was out of order and that we had to go to the gas station down the road to use their restroom. We were also given a binder where she outlined her therapeutic slash counseling offerings, which included gland stimulation to help with brain problems, quote unquote. Me and my two younger siblings all decided to share a room because everyone felt so weird about the situation. The room was some sort of playroom for her grandchildren with a bunk bed and a huge beanbag. But what was really concerning was the giant tub of prescription medication we found sitting in the closet of the playroom absolute weirdest weekend of my life. I, so now the Airbnb prices have gone up. Like I, I rarely find an Airbnb that's like less expensive than a hotel. Rarely. Like I, we're, we're planning this trip to Paris and I'm like, Oh, let's do, you know, a cool Airbnb. We had, there's like some of them, but I saw somebody on Twitter say that Airbnb is just a hotel with chores. It's just a hotel you have to clean. Like it used to be way cheaper, like at the early days of Airbnb and they were, it was like 50 bucks a night compared to a hotel, which would be like 350. Of course, I don't care if I have to make my bed if I'm saving $300 a night. Now, just try and book an Airbnb. Okay, just look on your phone and look at what the fees are. It ends up being so much more expensive than a hotel. That's just my little soapbox. Okay, unfortunately, this is our last one for this episode, um, but it's a good it's a good one. <laughs> And again, I have a ton of these stories that are just waiting for, uh, for another part. So fear not, fear not. Okay. Oh, where were we? She says, all right, buckle up because this story has so many horrible parts that I can't even fathom that it actually happened to begin for my senior trip. My family was taking a girl's trip to London and Paris. So it was my mom, sister, two aunts, cousins, and grandma, or cousin and grandma. The original plan was to leave two days after my graduation. Well, two days before my high school graduation, my best friend was in an accident and passed away. Her funeral was scheduled for a few days after I was already supposed to be gone. I told my mom that there was no way I was going and to go without me. I could never miss my best friend's funeral. It was so devastating. So, so, so devastating. One of my aunts decided to call the airline and explain the situation. The airline so generously changed my aunts and my flight to the evening after the funeral so that I could still make the trip. I was so grateful that my aunt was willing to go late with me and it seemed like things were already looking up from a very hard week. The day we left for the trip, my dad took me and my aunt to the airport. The second we picked up my aunt, we knew she was absolutely plastered. My guess is that she took some anxiety or sleeping meds for the flight and had a little too much to drink. She was acting like an absolute lunatic. My dad dropped us off and my journey ensued on dragging my drunk aunt through the airport. She took forever to find her ID and passport. She packed up the most random things and was struggling to get through security. It honestly sounds like you're traveling with a toddler. Finally, we made it to our gate and we ran to the bathroom and I burst into tears. After being in the funeral that after being at the funeral that morning, this was a lot to handle. I called my mom who was already in London and she was furious. She told me to leave her at the airport and just get on the next flight myself or just get on the flight by myself. I went back to my aunt where she was calling and texting her recent ex-husband. She was also continually asking me if I was sad my friend died and telling all of the people around us that she died. 
Then she found out that she lost her boarding pass. So with tears in my eyes, I went to the gate counter and explained to them what was going on. They told me to get her a coffee to sober up and printed her a new boarding pass. After she spilled her first coffee on me, I got her a new one. And luckily we got on the plane. She soon passed out and we were on our way to London. After that, it was a pretty typical trip with lots of drama, gossiping, complaining and crying. You know how family vacations always are. We left London and made our way to Paris via train. The trip ended up being great and exactly what I needed mentally and emotionally until our last day in Paris. We are outside the line for some museum that is called something in French. I don't know. Not the Louvre. (laughs) Not just not the Louvre. Anyway, all of a sudden we hear sirens go off and an announcement in French. We had no idea what it said, but everyone started to panic. All doors, all doors to the buildings closed, including the museum we were in line for. Come to find out there was a terrorist attack going on at another popular tourist place. So everything went on lockdown. There was panic everywhere. So we decided not to wait it out and to go home. We were miles away, so we went to hop on the subway. Well, surprise, those were also closed, so now we're stuck. Because everything was in lockdown, there were no available restrooms. Unfortunately, we are not even to the worst part. Because everything was in lockdown, there were no available restrooms, and you guessed it, I was a little too confident in a toot, and I shit myself right then and there. Couldn't do anything about it except wait it out. We couldn't find a way home for another two hours. So I was there in my senior trip in the most romantic city in the world with poop in my jeans. (laughs) move in my jeans luckily we went home the next day and the pants went straight into the garbage well wait did you take them home hopefully that just means home like your hotel and then you threw them away uh to sum it up i love traveling sorry if this was so long or didn't make sense love the pod and love you oh my oh my 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 the things we do to travel i love being in new places i love getting to a new destination there's few things that bring me that much joy but uh, man, do I absolutely hate the process of traveling. Also, just just on a, on a closing note, what's up with pilots and their egos? Why do they act like they're like, you know, doing something life changing? They're just bus drivers. I'm sorry. They're great people. I'm not saying it's not hard to fly a plane. I'm just saying you don't need to be the meanest people ever. But I also, because of my fear of flying, I take out a lot of my anger on pilots because I think that they're responsible for turbulence. I actually, for a lot of years, thought that it was something that they were doing on purpose. And just the more turbulence there was, the more annoying the pilot was. I've since learned, uh, but my hatred for pilots has remained. So I'm so sorry to say. These episodes where we just get to complain about horrible things that have happened, like they feel so cathartic to me. I feel like because episodes come out on Mondays, it's like we just get all this shit out of the way and then we can have a really good week. So that's what I'm trying to do here. I hope you felt the rage. I hope you felt some relief in the things that make you angry. That's what we're here to do. We're here to release so that we have the best week possible. All right. So just as some reminders, head to my Instagram and Mixer's Instagram for details about the New York event. I would love to meet you. It's free. You just need to show up. Let's take some pics together. Let's hang out, get some Mixer's. I'm bringing some merch to give away. It's going to be really, really fun. So I will see you guys in New York. Um, follow me on Instagram at the bad broadcast to submit your stories when we have weekly questions. Follow me on TikTok at bad broad. Um, and then of course, always remember to be safe and be kind and be hot. And remember that I, Maddie Murphy, am in love with you and I'll see you next week. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.